I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guests, Marlon West and Marshall Toomey, to the show. Welcome, you two. Hey, hey. Hey, nice to be here. This is like part two of our brain trust um, interviews because we couldn't get everybody on the same call. So I'm so glad that Marlon and Marshall are able to to chat with us now. So, you know, we have the 20th anniversary of Atlantis coming up, which is big news, obviously. Um, And both of you, I I know, can you believe it's been 20 years? I was 12 years old when I (laughs) He still had his little uh, diapers and everything when he came to work there. Yeah, it was me too. Out of diapers, but yeah, I was a kid. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, it doesn't really seem like it's been 20 years. I keep telling people, I'm like, it's it's just unusual, basically, that we would be talking about it being 20 years now. But I'd like for both of you to kind of describe the, the job that you had working behind the scenes. So, Marlon, why don't you start off and tell us what your official title was? Oh, okay. Um, so I was the... Um, what they call it in those days, uh, effects supervisor. Now it's head of effects um, animation for, for the film. And I was in charge of all of the, you know, magic fire rain explosions uh, that there were in that movie. Uh, in those days, character animators didn't, were not inclined to animate trucks and vehicles and cars and things like that. They tend to do it now. So we did all of the vehicles uh, in the film as well. Um, now there were some CG animators on the film that did the did the giants. That those were uh, characters, um, but I was really in charge of everything that moved on screen. That was not a was not a character. All the effects. And my job was cleanup animation supervisor. And the key to that, not only did we have to do beautiful drawings and follow the animation and be right there with the rough animator as they're doing everything, but we had to keep Mike Mignola's style. Yes. And that was kind of hard, but that's what we had to do, and it was, it was great. Thank goodness for all the effects that Marlon did. He, he went effects crazy on that, and I was really happy. <laughs> that uh, <helped> me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun job. Yeah. I was a big comic book fan going into uh, all my life. And this is the first film I was a supervisor on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of plucked, plucked out of the minor leagues. And I felt kind of uniquely qualified as a big fan of comic books and a big fan of Mike Mignola. And there's, a, there's, a, there's some kind of things he actually does with, with um, effects and kind of electricity and lighting and deep darks and blacks and things like that, that um, I, re- I was really anxious to try to get yeah. into into um atlantis and even that kind of like the kind of like jack kirby kind of electricity and yeah. things like that some things that were just kind of like comic book kind of um traditions looks that we that uh kirk and, kirk and gary were very anxious the directors to to get into uh this kind of very graphic looking disney film yeah i, I agree and kirk and gary had gotten into their groove now because they had a couple of really big movies under their belt and it, I remember Leslie and I, my production manager for cleanup, we had just finished Tarzan and it was, it was crazy. And we were happy to stay together to do it one more time. And it just made it so much easier for us to do it. And, and yeah. it was great, great time. 
from previous discussions I've had with the crew overall is that you guys kind of had all come together since Hunchback. You went from Hunchback right into Atlantis. But do you remember the original pitch that was given to you about working on this film? And what were your thoughts? Because you were because there was going to be no musical numbers this time around. No musical numbers. And now I, I'm going to have to defer to Marshall on this because um, another um, effects animator who will remain nameless was going to um, do be the head of effects on Atlantis. And just prior to going into effects production, um, he decided he didn't want to and or he wasn't up to up to it. And uh, Don Hahn came to my office I was working on another film at the time and a little tiny office and he's a very big man and he sat on my chair and was like, I'd like you to do Atlantis. And I thought it was like, I was looking for like um, candid camera cameras around or something um, because I just, I didn't, I didn't believe he wanted me to do it. And, and, and that's how I learned that, that this other artist wasn't even going to do it that um, because he came to ask me. Um, so, I was not involved, was not there for the original pitch. It was not there for a lot of the design work. It was, it was a moving train. Uh, it was partially animated. It was, it was in cleanup. And very often, um, especially in the, in the hand-drawn days, effects kind of comes in later. You know? yeah. Nowadays, I'm kind of sitting there in visual development on a lot of the films I'm working on now. But um, it, was, it was much more linear. So that's a long answer to uh, ask Marshall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, we were trying to hit the ground running on it and, and trying to make it smooth as possible, and it worked. I mean, I don't know if it was Kendra or, 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 or what the deal was, but everything worked out fine, and everything fell into place, and, and it the problems weren't as big as they were the movie prior to that, and, and we had learned a whole lot. And yeah, I, I think we were like a well-oiled machine. I think as, so, too. As a crew and yeah. as a studio by that point. And, um, yeah, it was a daunting film, and it was a, and it was a different kind of film yeah. than the studio had been doing. You know, Craig and Gary had done two musicals in a row. And uh, this was – I remember there were some T-shirts that we had. It was just like, you know, Atlantis. Fewer songs, more explosions. Remember that? <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Were you, were you surprised that this was kind of the route that was being taken? Because, really, there had been no Disney animated film like this before. And probably, I would say, never since. But um, when you finally got to jump in... Were you still kind of in disbelief that this was actually happening? A little. I mean, it, we were used to the fabulous musicals. That's what we thought we were supposed to do every movie. And here comes this comic book story. And and we're like, okay, well, maybe a long answer. But it started, it fell into place. And, and we ended up gaining momentum and confidence every step of the way of the production. So it really helped. Well, for something like this, it, it really does take teamwork. Any film does. Any animated film, any regular film, it takes teamwork. And I think a lot of people don't realize the time and effort that goes into an animated film because it's not just like a regular um 
film that you can make in six to nine months. This is sometimes years in the making. So yeah. how long do you remember it taking just to get until just to get to the point of releasing the film? How long was it for each of you on the project? I was on it more than, more than a year, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 most animated films, from the time someone says, I want to make a film um, about a magical princess who can shoot, shoot snow and ice out of her hands or a comic book kind of movie like Atlantis, it's four years on average, four, yeah. to, four to six years between somebody having an idea for a film and getting it off the ground of research, of, of figuring out their story, um, production design, character design. And then there's the year of everybody grinding together and yeah. doing layout and character animation and cleanup and effects and ink and paint in those days and compositing. That's all probably over the course of a over the right. course of a year. But Kirk and Gary and and Dave Getz, who was the production designer on it, um, and, and some other folks and the editors, they probably had been on it for years before Marshall yeah. and I. Yeah, before we got on it, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're going into these meetings with everybody in the Brain Trust crew, what is the objective of each meeting? Because I'm assuming there's so many different various meetings that you have. What What do you do in each meeting? Are you going through scene by scene how it's going to be completed, or are you going through act by act? Like how? What's that breakdown? So you know, there's there's a lot of meetings that we're all in, and they all have different uses, you right. know, and, and depending on whose department it is, you know, we're all standing around, like if it's all about cleanup of the characters, then it's Marshall's meeting and Marshall and his artists are showing their work and everybody's standing down and less called upon, you know, have a question about, and so like somebody like Lisa in backgrounds may not even be in Marshall's right. approval. Right. not be in my meeting. Yeah. You may not be in your, in Marshall's. Um, Unless it's effects related, I might not be there, honestly. Um, so then when it comes to effects, Lisa's usually there because there's a lot of intricate, like a lot of connection between backgrounds and layout. And so we were there to, to kind of like kind of riding along on each other's meetings. Now, then there's there's stuff we, we call like um, we, there's meetings like sweat box, which you may have heard that term where you're actually sitting in editorial. And this is the first time you're looking at things. Um, cut together and continuity is right. sometimes because Kirk and Gary would sometimes split up departments between. So Kirk did character animation and Gary did effects, for example. Right. I'm not quite sure which one of them did cleanup. Uh, Kirk usually did cleanup. Okay. So sometimes they're seeing stuff for the first time. Gary may be seeing character animation that was approved right. by Kirk for the first time. Um, Kirk might be seeing an effect that was approved by Gary for the first time. We're all sitting in the what they call sweat boxes is a tiny little room. It's usually in the editorial suite. And we're looking at these shots in continuity with sound kind of best foot forward. There is a meeting called brain trust where before even layout, it's usually kind of, kind of driven by layout. So it's kind of, kind of Ed's meeting where everybody sits, looks at the storyboards and figures out how to do that. This is how many characters are going to be in the shot. Um, this is the, how many explosions are going to be in the shot. Can we frame this where there's not as many characters in it? This is part of the storytelling. And we figure out shot by shot 
Right. What is going to happen and who's going to do it and how long it's going to take. Everybody bids, gives it, you know. And storyboards tell us a lot. They, tell they us do tell us a lot. Wanna see. That's, our, that's our guide, yeah. When things have been decided through the storyboards of how you guys are going to pr- progress through the story, what do you do with each of your individual teams that are working under you, you know, working for your specific departments? I will do um, character models, character designs, and go with the directors over and over and over again until the lead animator, the lead cleanup artists all are honed in and are in a complete agreement with Kirk and Gary as to what the character is going to look like. So that's a lot to do in the beginning for us. Um, Once we get into the movie, we're just working along. But um, in the beginning, the character design is the most important thing for us. Yeah. And then, you know, as shots move through production, you know, because we usually don't do effects on anything until it's been character animated and usually cleaned up because, you know, very in those days we were also doing all the lighting. So we had to do tones and shadows and things. So we, we needed to actually be working to final, final right. art. Um, so, you know, the, the film, the, the shots come in, not in chronological order either. They come through, um, as they get done and clean up, as they go into layout, as they go through, you know, some sequences are kind of nailed down early on and then they go into production and it might be from the middle of the film. Very often the beginnings of our films and the ends of our films are kind of up in the air, you know, or trying to earn. Absolutely. Yeah. And you get those sec- those like late first act, early second act kind of sequences and you kind of put those into production. So what, what I usually do is do designs of what the effect are going to look like to a couple of key drawings um, for shots for each shot and talk to the now nowadays and I can't I honestly can't remember if we did this back in the Atlantis days but we would get we would get issued by the director like this is what I have in mind this is what I'm looking for you know from director to artist and then they would go off do their take on the effect and, and then show it to the director. Um, and that's, that's like kind of the best case scenario. Right. Um, I want to make note on the character designs because we've been talking a little bit about how these characters are not your typical characters that you see in a Disney film or animated sure. film in, in general, because we have different ethnicities that are being represented. So um Particularly, and they're so much fun. These guys are, you know, <laughs> as they said, the almost the magnificent seven of, you know, going into journey into the center of the earth and and, and mm-hmm. making that what it is as a film. So, when you were working on the initial characters themselves, what were your thoughts on on you know having people like Audrey and pe- having people like Vinny and also Dr. Sweet because you know Dr. Sweet if we're being perfectly honest here he's I think the first African American male's leads in a Disney film ever if you're not counting John Henry which was the short film they did in 2000 1999 so what what were your thoughts on having such an expanded um viewpoint on different ethnicities in in the actual characters themselves. Uh, my words were finally, here we go. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was really cool. And then Ron Husband was also one of the first African-American animators. That's right. To hold that title, um, to be a full character animator at Disney. 
also, and also he was the first lead. Yes, he was. On Dr. Sweet. Dr. Sweet. So that was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Um, and then, um, but yeah, so it was, it was cool having this diversity of characters on screen and a diverse group of people actually creating them too. Every detail, every location, every frame, every visual effect is is made with love and, and appreciation and excitement. You could tell. Yes, it was. I guarantee it was. We felt good about the whole thing because we wanted it to be different. <laughs> there was just a different thing. We, we all bought into this make it different and no singing. Let's just do this. And so when you see the, what's the old lady with the cigarette and the helmet that was driving? I can't remember her name, but man. Marge, yeah. There you go. That's different right there. That's stepping into different territory. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. It Was it difficult to kind of mesh the new CGI you were working with, with traditional animation? Um, it, it was challenging, but it was, it, it, it was a, it was a fun challenge, you know? Um, and, you know, in those days, you know, especially and especially on a film that was even for a Disney film was a much more graphic, you know, less what we used to call pencil mileage. Right. Um, try to get CG vehicles to have like a you know a, a graphic line finish and to have a very kind of stark high contrast lighting. You know that that was that that took that took some doing to get yeah. to get right and have all that stuff integrate. You know, I, I feel we did, um, and. Um, it, it was fun, you know. The, the, you know, the world was kind of changing, and there was more kind of CG elements kind of yeah. coming in, you yeah. know. And then we were still even doing things, you know, crafty things like you know doing doing paintings, you know, and then just dragging them through into animated water, you know, like the like the like the ship they were on before they actually went down in the submarine, you know. That wasn't worth building in full CG. Um, because it was only in a couple of shots. Yeah. You know, so that was actually a, just a painting, and we animated water around, you know, around it. And, you know, it was, it was pretty that's effective. A good shot. That was a really yeah, good shot. Yeah, it's pretty effective. So there's yeah. a lot in that movie that is just, just, just crafty, and it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it looks good. I just love you it. You know, we did a lot of, like, explosions and sparks and things. And they look great. We were able to reuse, you know, over and over again, thanks to, like, a lot of the digital compositing we were doing. Um, and so we got to put, put a lot of care in a lot of these things, even though they, uh, you know, they maybe look like they should have been in one shot, but very often they were used in more than one shot. So we got a lot of, a lot of really good mileage out of that stuff. What, what did you guys think was the most challenging part about working on this film? For me, um, and I'm going to, I'm sorry, Marlon. I don't mean to go ahead. Question. No, go ahead, Marshall. For me, it was, uh, Certain characters, like my favorite animator, Mike Sedino's character, who I fuss about all the time. He had oh, yeah. All, he had all the lines on the father's face, which I was, I, I still am not speaking to Mike. It's been years. <laughs> I hug him. That's all I do. Okay, get away from me, man. I'm not talking to you. It, 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 it's, um, it was really hard to keep the lines perfect all the time with that. It was very hard. And some of the other characters... That line. Yeah, yeah, characters with tattoos. Yeah. All over their bodies. There you go. So it was just a lot of craziness to that. But it was worth it in the end. For me, on a very personal note, it was like the first time I was a, um, ever a supervisor on the show. This was like Marshall's like 
at least second, if not third. I think it was second, I think. Yeah. Second. And he, uh, some, uh, uh, Randy Fulmer, who went on to be a producer at Disney for Chicken Little, but he was like artistic coordinator on a couple of sh shows, probably one of the first people to hold that title. And he said something to me once about um, that no one really believes you can do this job until you've done it once. And, and so there was a certain amount of like, let me not mess this up. Yeah, right. So, uh, <laughs> let me not screw this up. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and I was new to it and, and I was not uh, Kirk and Gary's first choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it was a lot of kind of bringing people around, especially those early, those early months. I mean, everybody was really happy at the end. Um, so, you know, we have quotas at work. Um, just to be able to try to get everything out each week. And effects, the effects department was like historically well-known for never hitting quota. You, you and know. I both. <laughs> yeah. And so it was always a clamor and it was always perceived as a problem department and, and not to like toot my own horn or anything, but it was like the first time effects had like hit quota, like consistently. And I think somebody made, I don't know if you remember this, Marshall, but somebody made a joke that if, or bet, and they, and they sure it was going to be an empty bet, if like the effects department could like um, hit quota like three, 10 weeks in a row. And they you would dance like, on the table. They, they would dance on this table with me. <laughs> I remember, I remember that. There's a big table and there's a huge conference room that doesn't exist anymore since we did a remodel on the building. And, um, and when that 10 weeks came around, had to do it. He was up on that table dancing. Yes, he yeah. was. <laughs> So anyway, so it was uh, it, it was cool. I, I, it, it was the nailing the um, kind of look of the film, yeah. and, and and actually showing that we could not even as a department, but even me as a leader, we're up to the task. Yeah. Because you know I had gotten hired as a trainee. Yep. I wasn't even hired as a full character effects animator uh, on Pocahontas, and. So it wasn't it wasn't long before I was like supervising people who had been looking at my portfolio, trying to decide whether I was even going to get in the building or not, or whether I should be promoted <laughs> from trainee to animator. So um, yeah, that on a personal note, I, kind of some of those kind of navigating some of those relationships were uh, uh, were the toughest thing. All of the things that you have just said were my issues on Tarzan, the movie before. It was hard to make quota every week. Leslie mm -hmm. and I bragging up to the quotas. We barely made quota every week. And here comes Atlantis, and we just pretty much breezed through our quota every every week, and we were having a great time. It's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. So when you're wrapping up a project like this after, you know, years in the making, and it finally comes to that moment where you can release it so everybody can see it and go on the red carpet or, as it was known for this film, the blue carpet. What what were your feelings going into seeing it all completed, all done, and finally having the experience to see it with an audience? Every movie, we, I'm sorry, Marlon, every movie we have a rap party and we go to that rap party dressed up with limos and all of that stuff. And then yep. <laughs> with our partners and spouses, with our partners and sometimes and our, our kids. Yeah. It's, 
and we look at that movie. Now, I will say this, and I've never said this before. I'm so sorry. Every time I cry at the end of the movie, because it's such a release of energy, animation, work, pressure, everything stops at that point, at that rap party. So when I go to the other screenings, I'm just grinning because <laughs> we we lived through another one. That's the way I kept seeing it. Okay, we're alive. <laughs> okay, yeah. I love everybody. I love you, man. And then we're at that rap at the screening, and I'm just enjoying those and and enjoying yeah. the crowd clapping and uh, yeah, those are just fun. Yeah, you're watching it with people that you've worked hard for more than a year beside, and then you're watching yeah. it with your your loved ones. And they're seeing it for the first time, usually. And and sometimes, you know, all of us, it's the first time we're seeing it with full score. Everything. In full color. Right. Um, sound effects, sound design, you know. You know, so it's, it's, it's been months for most of us before since we've seen the film in, in whole or in part. Because we see them over and over again while we're working yeah. on and um, all over, yeah, we see them all the so, time. So, yeah, it's always wonderful to go to the rap parties. After holding your breath for so long, you can release it. Yes, that's what it is, yeah. Did you guys keep anything from working on the film? Or did you keep, apparently there were a couple of items that they gave away at the rap party. Do you, do you still have any memorabilia? I lost a lot of that stuff in storage, but I don't know if Marlon still has his. He, he we tried to. Um, there, there, no, there, there was a gift, and I can't remember if it was given at the rap party or it was a thank you gift before. There was actually the, the um, crystal that Kida and well, actually every Atlantean okay, right. wore around their neck. And I still have mine. It came in a really nice little wooden box, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like life size. It's about, you know, two and a half, three inches long. And um, I have that in my office. And then there's also was a piece of film back when they released oh, yeah. movies on film. On there the was like 35 millimeter print and, 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 and acetate. So I have, I have that cut those two things. And then this is Don was really, really super. Oh, I have a bunch of McDonald's uh, trucks. There. Yes. It was, a, it was a still in my office to this day. They don't, and they actually made, like uh, they they had voices. There was a voice by the real cast. If you went, you know when they said certain things, you push, push certain buttons and somebody would pop out. And, and uh, those the voice boxes are long gone because I had, hate to admit I I played with them until such time that they don't, they don't work anymore. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I do have a bunch of Atlanta stuff, and I remember Don giving us um, like boxes of kind of like Atlantis kind of tie-ins as, as, as the leads. Like I got a, there was like, it was like, it was a big box. It was delivered at my house and they had like Atlantis cereal and like Oreos and things like that. And it, and I, I kept that stuff until I, I was afraid that they would, you know, become uh, magnets for vermin. But <laughs> yeah. And they would have. <laughs> what are your overall thoughts since it has been 20 years and maybe there hasn't been as much recognition to this film as other classic Disney films. But what are your what are your overall thoughts about the film in general and working on it? I um 
I'm very proud of the film. I was, it, it's, you know, I watched it a couple of years ago and I, I feel it holds up. Um, I do know that it really resonates with some, some folks, you know, my current production supervisor um, on Raya right now in the effects department, she can write and speak Atlantean still. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really cool to like, you know, yeah. meet folks, even like yourself that the, uh, the movie really kind of resonates with. Yeah. It's it, it grabbed a lot of people. And as I meet people and they say, what did you know, what do you do? And I tell them, and they said, did you work on Atlantis? And I'm like, wow, I'm so impressed when people like that. They, because when you look at it, we have the big musicals and the, you know, and the princesses and the famous things. And, and then here comes Atlantis. And it was like, okay, okay, we're going to try. It holds up well. I agree with Mark. I think it holds up. I, I think it holds up very, very well, look-wise. And, you know, I was a big fan of Mike Mignola as a, as a comic book artist. And he worked on the film a bit and did some designs, some character designs. I remember meeting him at the studio. So that was a real that was a to meet him. And, um, you know, and I've stayed kind of like vaguely acquainted with him, you know, thanks to social media and things like that. And going, and, you know, we still see and recognize each other here and there. And so that's really kind of cool. That would probably would not have happened without mm-hmm. Atlantis. And then there's some other artists that um, I've become really good friends with. And it was my, like I said, it's my first time as a supervisor. Yeah. I've been one almost ever since on different shows. And it's been really cool. Very it, thankful for it. It worked out. Like I say, it's the most fun I've ever had making a movie. And then at the end of the movie, uh, Kirk didn't want to go on his on the press junket. And they asked me to go on the press junket in Kirk's place. Well, that changed my life too. So, because I was all over the world, we were in Ireland. We was at we were. Oh, at, that's pretty cool. I forgot about that. Remember that we were at Roy Disney's castle in Ireland having lunch. <laughs> and oh my gosh! <laughs> Roy and his wife at the time told me where my last name came from. Think about that. And they brought me a book. Because it's I, my last name is Irish. Like I'm Irish. I don't know, but <laughs> they gave me this book. It was great. It, 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 the trip was fantastic. I'm like, this is the best time I have ever had making a movie. If it was like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, what what have both of you been up to since then? I know there's been a lot that's going on, but what's the most recent project that you've been working on that our listeners can check out? I am uh, working at Deluxe Animation right now, and we are doing a chunk of Space Jam 2. Can I say that? I think I can say that. I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We will never tell. We'll keep it secret. Don't tell anybody. We won't. <laughs> um, well, I've been at Disney ever ever since, and have worked on um, several several films there. Most recently, Frozen Two, and oh, and the first Frozen as, as head of effects with my friend Dale Maeda, good friend and coworker, and and between those two, uh, Moana. And for my last question before we wrap up is, um, is there anything you'd like to say directly to the fans of Atlantis 20 years later? Marshall, you want to go first? Okay. Hey, thank you guys so much for digging our film. You know, it it, it was a work of love for us. And I mean that literally. uh, And it was so much fun to do. And I'm glad you're enjoying it because it was, it's my favorite thing we've done. Yeah. Yeah, I want to echo that. I want to say thank you for, um, going to see it when it came out for still watching it for um, because 
you know, these movies are hard to do. We work yeah. on them for years, and it's good knowing that they kind of go out and touch people and resonate with folks. And you never know how much they're going to resonate with people. And uh, yeah, so it's really cool. I'm very proud of the work we did, and it's yes. it's it's nice that people still dig it. Let's talk more songs!